down in the financial district, 40 Wall Street. Uh, did you have any damage, or did you know what, what's happened down there? Well, it was an amazing phone call I made. 40 Wall Street actually was the second tallest building in downtown Manhattan, and, and it was actually before the World Trade Center was the tallest. And then when they built the World Trade Center, it became known as the second tallest, and now it's the tallest. So that video you just heard was Donald Trump uh, kind of bragging about how his building is now the tallest uh, after the World Trade Center uh, collapsed uh, almost 20 years ago, 19 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 19. Um I mean, I guess, you know, maybe it was true. I don't even know if that was true, but uh, that his building was actually the tallest after the, the trade centers fell. But uh, I don't know if that's, I think like everyone forgot about that, but it's just uh, Trump is the same old Trump. He's never changed. He's still no, no. super vain. I remember him also saying years ago that uh, he saw footage of uh, Middle Eastern people celebrating on top of the buildings in new jersey and uh it just goes to show you that like he's always been this way everybody thinks it's like a recent transformation after obama but no he's always been this way yeah he's always been kind of uh not a good person (laughs) yeah yeah not so much not so much a good person uh and uh there's uh so one of one of the themes for this uh, this episode, it seems like there's a lot of leaks, some of which are regarding Trump, some are regarding some other stuff with the Department of Homeland Security. But uh, a recent report came out that uh, on 9-11 that the Trump administration has been siphoning uh, about $4 million over the course of his presidency um, from a program that tracks and treats first responders who are suffering from health conditions uh, directly related to 9-11 uh, exposure and you know, everything that came with that. So, you know, gotta, gotta make that, that money, money somehow. Yeah. Uh, and that's not even mentioning uh, the report that came out a couple of weeks ago of where the secret service had to book rooms weeks in advance, just in case. Trump visited Mar-Largo. Um and like the like all these things, his golf trips cost money, uh the where Secret Service stays in his hotels and stuff cost money, and that's all going into Trump's pocket. Whether like going into the Trump organization's pocket, and by then by then directly going into Trump's pocket. Mm-hmm. Through some way or another that's mm-hmm. getting funneled into his family business or whatever. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, you know, this is our president. Uh, I hate to see it, but, um, I don't know. I didn't want to spend too long on nine 11, but I was, I'm curious. Where were you when nine 11 happened? Uh, I've talked about this before, but it's been a long time. I was at home. Because I believe I had been suspended from school. So I was at home. I was watching, uh, I think I was watching cartoons of some sort when I put it on, uh, when I got a phone call from my aunt 
saying, hey, are, are you and your mom watching what's going on? And I was like, no. And she was just like, put it on the news. And I put it on the news. And I saw that the this was when the first plane hit. And not soon after that, another plane flew into the second tower. And after that, I was just glued to it because when it first happened, it was just like, is this an, is this some kind of freak accident? Is this some kind of like everybody was kind of just clueless at the time. And uh, when we saw the second plane go in there, I was like, no, but even like being I can't remember. I was young, but even then I was just like, all right, we're under attack. Where were you? Mm-hmm. I was. <laughs> My situation was weird. Um, so I was a freshman in high school at the time, and uh, and it basically, there were kind of rumors floating throughout, like the first couple school, like, "Hey, something's going on in the news," and um, but they wouldn't tell freshmen what was going on they they let the sophomores and the juniors and the everybody's at the freshmen yeah because they thought we were like too young or immature at the time to process what was going on i mean and yeah like sorry i didn't mean to interrupt it but it's just like you're gonna hear about it eventually it's not like you can just you're gonna leave school and just be like what's going on no you're gonna hear about it that's kind of that's kind of silly in my opinion yeah, it was uh, it was really stupid. But I ended up finding out from one of the teachers, and all I knew that is that we were under attack, and uh, that was it. I didn't know any details. I I guess I kind of like pieced everything together a little bit throughout the day, but I didn't get specifics until I got home. When I think it was Fox News was on the was playing. So I watched that for like an hour or hour and a half or something. And I think what really stuck out to me about it was that they were talking, they were covering everything that happened, like played through and uh, flew into the world trade center. Uh, there was another, was it building seven or whatever uh, mm-hmm. that got damaged as well. And then the Pentagon, something hit the Pentagon and they were talking about that like, they were like repeatedly you know covering hey you know this is the relapse of what happened but after like 30 minutes or so they just completely stopped talking about the pentagon and they were just exclusively focused on the trade towers and it was like they just pretended the pentagon like didn't exist for like a, a while i think for like, at least a couple days like no one really mentioned it as far as i remember um mm-hmm. so it was just you know that was one of the big like red flags where I was like, wait, why aren't they telling us everything that's going on? Why would our government lie to us? You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what all did you know? Yeah. Right. Oh, <laughs> oh. So yeah, it was, uh, it was an interesting day. Uh, I just find it hilarious that they're like pretend that my school was like, gonna pretend they could uh isolate like a fourth of the school from figuring out anything out yeah you gotta be kidding me yeah like Um, what is that soft yeah right 
Um, so yeah, that's kind of all I had for nine eleven, really. Um, you know, we've talked about it before. We could go on forever about how it changed the country, but we don't I think we all know it at this point. Um, so there's there's a couple COVID updates. I don't have anything too big, although there was another big report. Uh, so we're up to actually. I have not updated this number in a couple of days. Uh, I will try to find updated numbers. But either way, Trump the Trump knew that the virus was deadly and everything back in February, uh-huh. according to a was it a book? It was a yeah, book. it's a it's a, a forthcoming book from Bob Woodward. Uh, the person who exposed Nixon has written several books that have put uh, lens uh, that doesn't look presidents uh, doesn't make other presidents past and present look very good. Mm-hmm. And uh, the updated numbers for COVID is we're at six point six million confirmed cases and one hundred and ninety eight thousand deaths yep almost at that 200k mark maybe we will be at we will be at the 200k probably past the 200k by the time we record the next episode breaking records all over the place hell yeah Yeah. and Um, and yeah this is uh we're at the equivalent of i believe 60 to 62 9-11s yeah something like that we we you know, not to sp- I'm not going to go into a long tangent rant, but we have uh, mourned the dead of 9-11, as we should, because we were under attack. Um, but we have not, like, we do not hear a single peep about people being outraged by the amount of COVID death, especially on the right. And I, and I think to some guilt of, like, the center left too. They acknowledge that COVID's real. They wear masks, but I don't feel a, a a huge outrage. I see social media posts and stuff like that about criticizing Trump, but that's one thing. And like the thing I've been operating under lately is that you know it's social media is fun. It's you know good to highlight those things, but at the end of the day, the powers to be do not give a fuck what you say on Twitter. No, they don't. Um, and, and it's I, not real it, life. <laughs> it ain't real. Uh, it ain't real. It's real sometimes, but you know, just the drama. Is yeah, just the drama. Um, yeah, and that's kind of another thing I kind of feel with liberals is like they they feel like comfortable enough just kind of taking the high horse route and then not really doing anything after that, you know. Like, duh, it's obvious, wear a mask, bro. But, like, mm-hmm. you know, they don't really push back and, like, do anything else outside of that. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, they get, so, yeah, <laughs> sorry. Uh, no, they just get, they get stuff to trend and they think that it gets, you know, it really makes a difference. And I'm just like, maybe you should be, you know, Voter outreaching, sending text messages, phone banking, uh, talking to your friends about Biden rather than getting 
the uh getting impeach 45 resist blah 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 ranting about russia every three or four days that's mm-hmm. that's just that's just my take on it yeah um uh, the last little bit of covid news i had to, which is i found absolutely hilarious so the the uh what is this Patriarch Filaret of the Ukrainian Orthodox Church. Uh, this is like a week ago or something, but he came out and said, uh, quote, I mean, same-sex marriages, first and foremost, are the cause of the coronavirus. And then on September 4th, he was diagnosed with COVID. Makes you wonder. Makes you wonder. <laughs> <laughs> just really makes you wonder. Oh, just the amount of stupidity that's come out of COVID of just like, conspiracies um anti-mask uh, you know in a couple of days i believe on tuesday because today is sunday the 15th there's supposed to be a mass a mass mask burning it's been going all over facebook and instagram of where conservatives are going to burn their masks in protest Oh my God! Is this yes. a national thing or yes, yes? Um, I was just like, let me see. I, that was another thing I forgot to add to the note. Burn your mask challenge. <laughs> yep, it's been on Facebook, and it's uh, been spreading everywhere. Nine fifteen. I'm just like, God, help us all. Yeah. What a sad book. They already bought the mask. It's, it's, it's kind of stupid to me. Uh, that uh, <clears throat> It's like when people were like, I'm going to burn my Nike merchandise or I'm going to buy a Nike shirt to burn it. I'm like, you're still supporting the company, you fucking dipshit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, God. I just. Oh, I'm sorry. Um. I'm kind of scrolling through through Q Twitter to see if I can find anything on the mask burning, and I found someone peddling fucking sodium chloride as a cure for cancer. Oh uh, God, no! What uh, What do you think is going to happen when the public finds out that cures for cancer and other deadly diseases are as inexpensive and accessible as ordering a pizza once a week? Oh God! <laughs> oh. I should. This is too dark uh, for me, but damn, dude, that's oh, that's some spe- that's some special I shit. I shouldn't laugh at that, but you know, no, you should. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, but let's move on to uh, something that came out today. Of Bernie Sanders has privately told people that he thinks Joe Biden is uh, that Joe Biden could potentially lose in November if he doesn't change things up. Basically, Mm -hmm. Bernie Sanders thinks Joe Biden is blowing it by being too vague and purposefully appealing to centrist and moderate Republicans. This came out from the Washington Post, and I'll read a little, just a little bit from it. Sanders, the runner-up to Biden in the Democrat primaries, has told associates that Biden is at serious risk of coming up short in November election if he continues his vaguer, more centrist approach, according to people who spoke on condition 
basically they want to be anonymous to the sensitive talks. The senator has identified several specific changes he'd like to see, saying Biden should talk more about health care and his economic plans and should campaign with figures popular among young liberals, such as AOC. Asked for comment, the Sanders team provided a statement from their senior campaign manager saying that Sanders is working as hard as he can to get Biden elected, but has but has advised some strategic adjustments. Like, my feeling towards this is I feel like Bernie Sanders is campaigning and trying harder to win Joe Biden the presidency than Joe Biden is. <laughs> he is, and and even... I mean, Bernie Sanders has largely taken a back seat to everything since he dropped out of the race, and he's still doing more. Yeah, like, and he's still doing more. Yeah. But, and, of course, the DNC's not going to listen to him because no. he's, he's a socialist. Yeah, and and that's the problem is is, is just like so many people blame Sanders uh, for Hillary's loss in 2016, but, you know, don't acknowledge how many campaign stops that Bernie Sanders made for Hillary Clinton in 2016. Uh, more campaign stops than Hillary made for Barack Obama in the 08 election. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I believe the number was uh, Sanders did 48 events for Hillary Clinton, while Hillary Clinton only did eight events for Barack Obama. Oh, my God. And then she makes her documentary complaining about how she wishes Bernie Sanders did more for her campaign. Mm-hmm. Back in 2016. Yeah. Good time. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Fuck all that shit. Yeah. Good uh, times. Good times indeed. And moving on to more good times. Uh, another leak thing. Uh, kind of a whistleblower deal. A uh, DHS official, Brian Murphy... Uh, he alleges, so this is kind of a, I'll just lay it out and then we'll get into it. Um, cause there's kind of a lot going on. He alleges that he was asked by acting DHS secretary, Chad Wolf to withhold intelligence about Russia because quote, it made the president look bad. Uh, and then representative Adam Schiff put out a statement and asked Murphy to testify on September 21st uh potentially under a threat of a subpoena if necessary and part of the statement says quote mr murphy's allegations are serious from senior officials suppressing intelligence reports on russia's election interference and making false claims uh false statements to congress about terrorism threats at our southern border to modifying intelligence assessments to match the president's rhetoric on antifa and minimizing the threat posed by white supremacists um, and Murphy says that he believes he was demoted uh, last month as retaliation for for uh, issuing complaints about these things uh, that he filed through the chain of command. Um, and according to, and this is something I wasn't able to find verification of, but assuming there's no reason to lie about it, uh, CNN anchor. Jim Suido, Scooty Scuido, however you say his name, uh, tweeted, quote, new white supremacists will remain the most persistent and lethal threat among DVEs, domestic violence, uh, domestic violent extremists. 
in the U.S. throughout 2021, according to DHS draft documents. Um, so there's a lot to unpack. Now, of course, the the white supremacist, you know, doing terrorist shit like that's that's completely real. There are multiple studies uh, and and just sources of statistics, just raw data showing that. Uh, right-wing political violence has been on the rise since Trump took office, both in frequency and in severity, uh, lethality mm-hmm. included. Um, this is, I'll, I'll, I'll pass it off to you in a second, but this is kind of my take on this. Now, the Democrats can talk about Russia all day long, and at this point, this feels like a broken narrative. It's not going to change anyone's mind. But, you know, there's still plenty of circumstantial evidence to maybe suggest that, you know, Trump is directly getting aid from Russia. I mean, who fucking knows at this point? Uh, the Democrats have dropped the ball so hard on this Russia case that it's just like hard to tell what actually happened, in my view. But the lumping in of Specifically, the part of the whistleblower complaint was, uh, you know, with Trump's rhetoric on Antifa and how it was um, deliberately, you know, played up that Antifa was the big bad boy, you know, with the with the uh, I can't fucking talk today. Um, I'm a little bit out of it. Holy shit. Uh, that Antifa is responsible for all the riots and the violence and whatever. Um, while downplaying the white supremacist threats. Um, And I just feel like lumping in Antifa with this additional Russia stuff is only going to strengthen the president's narrative on everything that he's been saying, you know. Uh, Democrats are radical leftists. They're in bed with Antifa. And so this, I just feel like that's how this is going to be spun and not actually like be damning to Trump. Mm -hmm. That's what I feel. My feelings on the Russia stuff, and they differ from a lot of people's, is do I think Russia, you know, has bots doing, doing shit, retweeting, uh, stuff that is negative towards biden getting stuff to trend i mean maybe i do think there's bots out there and there's russian troll farms just like i believe there's chinese troll farms and i'm just like i believe there's all sorts of troll farms is like we've been in like governments have been interfering in elections for years specifically ours um but i find that the russia thing has been blown so uh, has been blown out of proportion as an excuse of Hillary Clinton's loss and exacerbated it of instead of taking a deep introspection of like why they the why they failed because you know they didn't campaign hard in Wisconsin and Michigan and they thought they had it in the bag they assumed that Trump there was no way Trump could win and they needed a narrative a narrative to justify why Hillary Clinton lost to the most unqualified person to ever run for off for run for the highest office of the land. And when 
and win. Like, yes, he lost the popular vote. We can talk about the Electoral College, how it's terrible. I agree. But at the end of the, the, end of the day, he should not have won. He should have not have only been 3 million votes behind her in the popular vote. Right. And that is a tough pill to swallow. And instead of taking responsibility for terrible platforms, terrible uh, campaign strategy, and terrible, you know, just honestly a terrible candidate in my book that didn't appeal to people, they blamed Russia instead. And that is that narrative has been continued on. Do I think there's some shady dealings between Trump and Russia? Yeah, yeah, sure, I do. Do I think that that is the sole reason that Hillary lost? No, no. I think it is a convenient excuse that has enough, you know, enough thread that they can pull on continuously. Because let's face it, every politician has done some shady shit like the the Bushes being connected to the Saudis, getting money from the Saudis, supposedly. Uh, Hillary getting money from the Saudis. Joe Biden in China deals. Joe Biden in Ukraine, like Hunter Biden in Ukraine. There's Everybody's got a hand in the pocket, in my book. Mm-hmm. And it's just so, I'm so tired of hearing about the Russia stuff because it has just turned liberals into just as crazy as conservatives. And that's my take on it. Now, lumping in Antifa while ignoring the white supremacists, I'm not surprised by that because the white supremacists love Trump, except for Richard Spencer, apparently, who endorsed Joe Biden. Um, (laughs) Yeah, uh, that was interesting, but yeah, you know, but but of course, they're not going to uh, talk about the fact that white supremacists have been uh, infiltrating our military and our police forces for years. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, I read an interesting article from the New York times today talking about how 25% of active or former military veterans are now in militias in the country. Shit, dude. Yeah, I I don't doubt it. I mean, I was watching. They're recruiting hard. It yeah. seems like like I was watching a live stream of a um. Was it Idaho? I think it was Idaho. One of the uh, three percenter divisions, and they were just actively recruiting at this um counter protest to a to a BLM protest. Mm-hmm. And BLM was outnumbered as fuck at that. Yeah, yeah, that's. Really. Like, no um, offense to Idaho people, but my experiences with Idaho have not been pleasant, and I'm not shocked by that. Yeah. Yeah, and that's just, like, one division, you know? Um, it, these guys are fanatical about this. Just shit. <laughs> you know? So, it, um... Damn, 25%. That's a lot. Um, that is a lot. That is a scary lot, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, I actually pulled up uh, the article, if you want me to read a little excerpt from it. Uh, yeah, go for it. So basically, although 
This is what the new, this is from the New York Times. Although only a small fraction of the nation's 20 million veterans join militia groups, experts in domestic terrorism and law enforcement analysts estimate that veterans and active duty members of the military now make up at least 25% of militia rosters. These ex- experts estimate there are 15,000 to 20,000 active militia members and around 300 groups. But gauging the size of these groups is difficult and imprecise because much of their membership is limited to online uh, participation. The estimates are based on sampling of militia member data gleaned from social media profiles, blogs, online forums, militia publications, interviews, and assessments from Watchdog Groups news reports. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Interesting. That was the other thing. They had like a private uh, group for that 3% or division. Oh yeah, yeah, they're they're everywhere. They're everywhere. I like my take on it is, I think that there's a lot more militia people than we realize, but I think a lot of them are uh, only active as what the the New York Times and stated as only online participants. Mm -hmm. Now that doesn't mean that they're not going to pick up a uh, rifle and go uh, Kyle Rittenhouse, which kind of segues into. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, before I want to, before we get into Rittenhouse really quick, um, since we're talking about numbers, I wanted to throw some out there for the audience really quick, just to like put all this into perspective. So, you know, we got about the roughly 25% making up the, uh, of veterans making up the, far right groups uh the militia groups um and there are multiple sources for the you know to show far right wing uh political violence is on the rise it's anywhere between like 65 and 80 or 85 percent depending on the source you're going with uh both in frequency you know and severity for the last couple of years since trump took office um there was also a statistic i saw it was something like like 93 or 95% or something of the BLM protests have been peaceful. So it's only, you know, less than 10% that have turned into violent riots or property destruction or something. And I don't know if anyone here watches live streams of these of these protests, but I have, I have been keeping tabs on it every single day since they started. Uh, I don't know everything that's going on, but I keep tabs on things. And the vast majority of these protests are peaceful until the police start launching tear gas into the crowds and rubber bullets and shit. So that's almost always what triggers the violence. Uh, not always, but most of the time. I just, I just wanted to, th- throw that out there um also a side note speaking of antifa really quick uh oregon to police police departments are having to dispel myths about antifa uh being behind the recent wildfires in the state because uh, you know they're not <laughs> um so even the oh, having to say that antifa is not you know yeah, no. you know, no. I to, I tried to find the source for that, and the only source I could find for that was uh, Joe Biggs. 
I'm sure there's more Joe articles. Biggs. Joe Biggs used to be with Infowars years ago. Oh god, uh, I believe he left in 2017 and started his own thing called Rogue Right. Mm-hmm. And he was the only article I went on Muckrake uh, to try to find like see where this fucking came from, and he was the only thing that popped up first about Antifa starting wildfires in Oregon. Yeah. God, dude. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. Figures. Yeah, there's... He would be involved in that. Yeah, it's... It, it, like, a lot of this stuff usually comes from people... Uh, I don't know what their purpose is, but, like, is it just to get clicks, or is it just to promote disinformation? But you see a lot of that at these rallies, especially of people um, getting labeled everything from uh, rapists to pedophiles to domestic abusers and stuff like that with really little minimal evidence. Yeah. Yeah, it's just another way for them to feel better about themselves and to mm-hmm. strengthen their convictions. Mm-hmm. Um, and it works. That's the sad thing, but, you know. Yeah, I guess we can move on to Rittenhouse because, oh boy. Um, now, I don't, I, I haven't kept too close of tabs on him. So I don't know what's going on with his case. I did check in on that Christian charity and they're just under 500,000 raised. Mm-hmm. They're at 489K right now. Uh, for his legal defenses, um, but phew. that's so a lot Donald, of money. Still, it is a lot of money, and um, oh, that's right. That was another thing I wanted to talk about. So they posted an update uh, on September second, uh, complaining about how the Discover, uh, the the credit card company, uh, is. Let's see. We just learned that Discover is planning to cut off the ability of its cardholders to make payments for this fundraiser. This development unfortunately follows days of relentless targeting by big tech on the order of Facebook's Twitter, whatever. Uh, Other credit card companies are likely to follow unless a strong message is sent out to all of these globalist controlled corporations that we are not willing to sit by while they erase our freedom of speech through their un-American accounting practices. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god and they legit started a petition on uh, the whitehouse.gov and it's I think it, it, definitely a non-English speaker wrote this shit um, and they didn't even bother to proofread because there's like multiple sentences that are repeated and some of the English is not very good and they're basically trying to get uh, anyone who donates to "quote unquote" domestic terrorist groups, uh, which is a nod to Ant- Trump's little classification of Antifa, uh, or silences political, sorry, or quote silences politically voices, uh, can face a minimum of a hundred k in fine plus damages, up to a maximum of a, of one million. Uh, it, it, so there's it's just like broken English, repeated shit, um, and it's got almost a hundred thousand signatures. 
which is sad. Um, anyways, I th- I just found that amusing. The the writer slash editor and me, um, just this is like outsourced to fucking indie or some shit to <laughs> to write a petition. Anyways, um, the irony is fucking great. <laughs> but oh. the actual thing that I wanted to bring up was Donald Trump Jr. defended Kyle uh, during an interview with. Uh, who was it this Tuesday while speaking on the TV show extra um, Rachel Lindsay was the host. I'm not really familiar with her. Extra is kind of like a, it's like the OG TMZ show. Mm. It's just basically okay. a tabloid, uh, tabloid TV show. That makes sense. I watched a little bit and the questions were just like, Oh, well, this is pop culture interview kind of vibe, you know? Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. Um, but there was one quote where he basically said, we're waiting for due process. We're not jumping to a conclusion. If I put myself in Rittenhouse's shoes, maybe I shouldn't have been there. He's a young kid. I don't know what you, I don't want young kids running around the streets with AR-15s. Maybe I wouldn't have put myself in that situation. Who knows? We all do stupid things at 17. Uh, Are you... you, Let's blame it on just stupid teenage rebellion. Lol, running around with an assault rifle, killing people. I mean, we all do stupid shit, right? Yeah. Not to that level. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's... Yeah, not the level of like having a history of of beating women and getting drunk in possession of a firearm at yeah. twelve or thirteen or whatever. Yeah, thirteen. Uh, uh, marijuana. Not that I care because it'd be hypocritical for me to point that out, but um, you know, dis but operating a firearm potentially under marijuana because one of the charges was being intoxicated while operating a firearm at 13, uh, being disorderly, uh, not obeying officers. Like we talked about this in a previous episode, but let's be honest. Uh, he wasn't a golden child either. No, he wasn't. No, it's just slow, but there, you know, of course you got the conservative grift still coming out to defend him in the stupidest ways possible, but nonetheless, they're doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. That's all I had on Rittenhouse. I'm not really sure what's going on with this case. Yeah, the news has been pretty, the news has been pretty silent on uh, Rittenhouse since, since like uh, for the last week or so, since we last talked about it. Uh, yeah. I guess let's do some random news. Uh, this, this is <laughs> hilarious to me. Uh, four boats sink in a tex- in Texas during a Trump boat parade. Emergency uh, services responded, stated that they face significant challenges due to the waves and chop of the water, but no one drowned. <laughs> yeah. uh, that is the perfect allegory of like basically what happened was big boats uh, sped past a little boats. And created enough chop that sank these sank these little boats. So basically, the richer people sank the poorer people. Mm-hmm. The poorer people who are like struggling to 
you work on their status symbols and be like the be like the cool kids basically and then the big boats are like nah i literally you're just an ant i don't care about you your boat sinks your boat sinks fuck it i got my trump flags that's all that matters yeah yeah if there was ever a perfect if there was ever any kind of symbolism of the fact that the rich don't care about you when you are trying to achieve class solidarity with them this is it big yeah. yacht like big you know houseboats sinking little jet boats without a care in the world like i watched some of the videos and it's just like people just screaming help <laughs> as their boat sank and i'm just like those little boats aren't cheap either but by the way oh no boats in general are expensive yeah. fuck not just yeah. to buy but also to maintain yeah um yeah so it, this is a huge investment for them this is probably like a decade or some shit of mm-hmm. saving up you know mm-hmm. old habit go down to the bottom of the ocean uh, this is why you don't try to fit in with the cool kids in high school. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they don't give a fuck. Yeah, they don't uh, give a fuck. They don't give a fuck about you. Yeah, uh, there is no class solidarity among the rich. Uh, well, there is, but only if you have a certain. Amount. Only if you are as rich as they are. Yeah. Yep. Um. Yeah. So that was pretty amusing, but um. Yeah, another bit of news that I saw was uh, protests are kicking off in Bogota, Colombia. I, I know I just butchered. I'm, I can't speak Spanish. I'm sorry to anyone who does. But uh, that is the capital of Colombia. After a 46-year-old father of two, um, Javier Orodonez. I know I fucked that up too, but I did my best. Um, he was killed by police while being repeatedly shocked with a stun gun after he begged them to stop. Um, he, Javier was taken to a police station and then to a hospital, which is where he ultimately died. Um, the officers were allegedly arresting him for breaking social distancing rules because he was drinking with friends. And then the riots kicked off. There was shit everywhere. Um, police stations uh and whatnot and the last numbers i saw um this was from the night when it happened uh just within the first 12 hours there were seven dead 39 police bases slash modules attacked 12 of them burned and 55 civilians were in the hospital um i wasn't able to find any other statistics or updates uh before this show but uh yeah, I don't know. I mainly wanted to point this out just as a as an example of like kind of whether we like it or not, America's kind of on the forefront of everything. I mean, we are the center of the global economy for the moment. That might change. Mm-hmm. China might um, grow into a powerhouse over the next couple of decades. But for now, the U.S. is the center of the world. And to see protests and riots rise up uh, all over the world because uh, of police brutality, like we have more of an impact than I think a lot of people give credit for. And it's just really important that we figure out 
how to best use our voices and uh i don't know i mean there's just like too much to say about it really um (laughs) you know we just ultimately we have more power than we think we do at the end of the day and i think that's kind of wanted what i wanted to impart among people um even though shit's terrible right now a little bit um we can still we can still be heard we can still make a difference yeah yeah no i agree oh Um, so i don't know um i guess the rest of the notes here are some on some q stuff um unless you had anything else before we get into that no not in particular okay um so i've mentioned a couple times that we'll uh we're gonna do like a recap of the q anon candidates who who win their congressional seats uh hopefully that's not too many but there's at least one and we covered her before it's marjorie taylor green from georgia's 14th congressional district and um I would have waited on this, but this is a very unique situation that happened on um, 9-11. So basically, there was one Democrat contender. His name is Van Ostel. Um, And it was already like a long shot campaign to begin with. Um, Marjorie won her, won the primaries by a pretty decent margin. Uh, but, uh, but Van stayed in the race. Now he is dropping out. So there were actually two things that happened on the back to back. First is that Van Alsdahl announced the end of his campaign, uh, for family and personal reasons. Um, what I was able to gather is that he, his wife, sent him some divorce letters or papers or something and something about him moving out of state with family. Um, I wasn't able to get any more details. So th- this was kind of, he'd been talking about this like a couple days before all this went down. Um, so he announced that he was dropping out of the race. And then just a couple hours later, representative Tom Graves, who uh, was a Republican, who currently holds that congressional seat. Um, so so last year he announced he was not rerunning for election, uh, running for re-election in 2020. But just a couple hours after the Democrat contender dropped out, he announced that he's going to leave office early in October. And of course he said the timing was quote-unquote coincidental. Um, here's the problem. Democrats... Under state law, they can't find another contender for this seat. Uh, Georgia law requires at least 60 days uh, notice. Or if if a contender drops out, you have to find one before. That has to happen before 60 days up until the election before you can put in another person on the ballot. Um, And it's less than 60 days until the November elections. Um, how convenient, how convenient indeed. Now, 
the Georgia governor, Brian Kemp, uh, his office has stated that he intends to issue a writ within 10 days that could set up the vote for the special election. And if that happens, which it almost certainly will, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene would fill this, this seat. Yeah. Without, Even if just, yeah. Oh, go for it. Without um, being elected. Yeah. Without being elected. And just, even if it's just for a couple weeks, that technically gives her seniority over the other freshman Congress members who are going to win their 2020 um, yeah, election. Yeah. Win their seats. Yeah. That's yeah. insane. And this is a problem because seniority is a factor when the House rep, uh, nominates people for uh, committee positions. <laughs> so we could potentially have a QAnon candidate in one of the fucking House committees Yep. if all this goes down. And it, it, this is insane to me. Um, it, it, like, holy shit. No, and it's, it, it, yeah, it's, it's troubling. It is very troubling. troubling. And it really pisses me off. Like, it's one thing for the Democrats to be inept and not really do a whole lot. But it's another for them to just hand over a congressional district to one of the most radical candidates on the fucking list in the country. Mm -hmm. Um, The very least, this... And and Van Osdall, he, he... talked up the talk about how he wants to resist all these radical candidates like Marjorie mm-hmm. and to do everything in his power to fight against all this shit and whatever. And yet he's conceding the, he's not just conceding the election. He's handing over seniority to yeah. this next round of freshman candidate uh, representatives. Like this is not even ineptitude. This is what? just like helping them yeah. at this point. A one that has uh, one of her recent little ads has her holding a gun with a picture of the squad members of, um, you know, AOC, Omar, and, yeah, and Rashida Tlaib of her Mm -hmm. just holding a gun. And I'm just like, she said, oh, it's me just representing, you know, my Second Amendment right. And, but the, the context of, like, violence is there to me oh of course of course um i mean we've already kind of talked about and shown that q and on is not a peaceful thing they no. are yeah they're they're pandering to the militia people who want to fucking start civil war number two mm-hmm. oh absolutely uh, yeah so I don't, this is just insane to me that this is even happening. Um, I don't know. I'm partially in this, in disbelief, but at the same time, like this is 2020, like so much shit has happened. Yeah, exactly. It's like more stuff just happens every week that I'm just like, what the hell? Yeah. Like just what the hell? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like what the fuck, man? Um, I guess the last little bit I had is uh, something a little bit more not about uplifting, but definitely uh, comedic. So there was an article 
published by the Atlantic, and it's titled "How to Spot the Reptilians Running for uh, uh, How to Spot the Reptilians Running the U.S. Government." And the subtitle is, as 12, mil- uh, 12 million Americans, quote unquote, know, the United States government is run by lizard people or, to be scientifically accurate, reptilians. But they never said which members of the government are the reptilians. So this is like explaining which ones are uh, whatever, which ones are the real reptiles. And uh, it's just, you know, obviously a satire article, right? <laughs> There's even like the the picture in the article is like uh is like an eye of a lizard next to an eye of like a human and it's like child of the matrix. How an interdimensional race has controlled the world for thousands of years and still does. God. <laughs> so it's awesome. Um but of course, QAnon being the woke uh people that they are they were latching on to this for like a couple days as like proof that reptilians are actually running the government and that we need to rise up and stop them. Oh, <laughs> they were unironically like, this is the proof we were looking for. This guys. is the proof. They're softening us up. They're giving us the body blows. <laughs> yeah. So when it reveals, nobody will care. No, no. Oh, I just, I can't. I just can't. I know, I can't either. Um, But damn, is it too funny to see. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) These people are insane. I know. I know. Oh, I know. Yeah. Um, But I think... I think that's all I got. I'm still scrolling through Q Twitter. I can't really find anything other than a, a Nevada Trump rally uh, where people were stampeding, not wearing masks, all wearing mm-hmm. red hats. And yeah, I saw that too. Distancing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and shit. So. <laughs> good. Uh, they're all going to get COVID. Have fun with that. Basically, basically yes. Um, yeah, there's nothing we can do anymore to like they have chosen that this is not real and they don't have to uh, wear wear masks. It's and I, I've done, I'm done trying to convince people I'm done. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to wear a mask. I'm going to be safe when I'm out in the public. Uh, I mostly stay home anyways, but. I, you know. There's nothing we can do. Yeah, there really isn't at this point. There's no convincing them, sadly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's about it. That's yeah. all I got, man. All right. Well, if you like what you hear, uh, give us a uh, good reviews on whatever podcast platform that you use uh subscribe it helps people find the show it helps us uh you know deliver the news and hopefully one day it'll be more positive but until then have a great night yep thanks for tuning in <laughs>